are listening to the Bellator Christie podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristie.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics. This is the Bellator Christi podcast where we uh, enter enter into the arena of ideas. Uh, this is your host, yours truly, Brian Chilton. And of course, the Bellator Christi podcast is brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. We do encourage you to go uh, to the website. Be sure to subscribe. And uh, when you do that, you will receive all of the articles and the podcasts, uh, links to the podcast, that is, uh, in your inbox. And that is absolutely free. We also want to encourage you to go check us out. The podcast is available on iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio, and also for the first time ever on Stitcher. Uh, so we encourage you to go check that out. Uh, and when, you, when you're there, be sure to click the subscribe button and you will receive every single one of the podcast. And again, that is absolutely free. So we appreciate your support. If you do have any uh article or a podcast that you enjoy, we do encourage you uh, to get help us get the word out by sharing that on your social media account. And uh, obviously the most important thing we ask that you would uh, pray for this ministry, that God will continue to move in and through it in a mighty way. And again, we do thank you for being with us today. Uh, pastors today, uh, the, the pastoral position has always been a difficult one. And there are many challenges that pastors face uh, each and every day uh, that they do ministry. Not only are there um, physical issues that one faces, uh, you know, financial issues that one faces, but also uh, the, the issue with the pastor is that he often faces a spiritual battle as well. Today, uh, the pastoral ministry is probably more difficult than perhaps any other point in American history. We have with us today a gentleman who is a, a, a good friend of mine, and uh, he is also a good friend of this podcast. Uh, he has helped me and the Bellator Christie ministry uh, in, through the transfer process as we have uh, moved over to Blue Host in a fantastic way. And so we just really, truly appreciate him. And uh, we are, of course, talking about Dr. Mike Spaulding. Uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding received his Ph.D. in Theology and Apologetics from Trinity Theological Seminary in Newburgh, Indiana. He also received his Master of Theological Studies from Lagos Christian University in Jacksonville, Florida. He is the pastor of Calvary Chapel of Lima, Ohio, and the host of Soaring Eagle Radio and the Transforming Word uh, radio broadcast that can be heard. Uh, you can check out his website at SoaringEagleRadio.com 
And I highly encourage you to do this as he talks not only about the world of theology and apologetics, but also discusses many of the uh, world issues that are taking place in today's time. You can also catch his uh, radio program that hosts his uh, uh, his sermons at transformingword.com. So we want to uh, welcome with us today Dr. Mike Spaulding. Mike, thank you again for being with us today uh, on the Bellator Christie Podcast. Pastor Brian, thank you so much for the invitation, and, and I appreciate that very much, and I appreciate the work that you do, and uh, enjoy reading your articles as they're posted, and and uh, and I know that your uh, your listeners benefit greatly from that as well. So, thank you for having me on with you. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you being on. I appreciate uh, your kind words there as well. And uh, in fact, as I told you before our uh, our podcast began, I, I was really intending on uh, getting you on a lot sooner, uh, but we uh, had the need to have the transfer over to Bluehost. And again, I want to thank you for all the help that you that you've been a blessing to us. You've been a great blessing to us in this ministry, uh, telling us about Bluehost and helping us uh, greatly as we've made that transfer over to them. And it's been a blessing. And as I told you uh, before the podcast, I, I really wish that I had uh, started off with Bluehost uh, because it's a, it's a wonderful program. And I encourage anyone out there uh, who is interested in uh, online ministry uh, to highly uh, think about and investigate Bluehost. And I think you'll be greatly pleased. Uh, Mike, if you would, uh, start yeah. us off today uh, by telling us how you came to faith in Christ. Sure, love to do that. Um, and, and I like to tell people that, statistically speaking, I was uh, almost, not quite, but almost off the charts as far as uh, probability of receiving the gospel by faith and, and becoming a born-again believer. It happened in 1983, and uh, in 1983 I was already 27 years old. And uh, so your listeners can do the math. And uh, But statistics say that uh, if, if you don't reach... Uh, uh, young people uh, prior to their 21st birthday, then the the odds of, of folks coming to faith in Christ starts uh, dropping. And by the time you you reach 30 years old, it's a very low percentage of people that actually come to faith in Christ. And I I didn't know that, of course. Uh, that was the farthest thing from my mind. All I knew was I needed to get right with God. Amen. So the day finally came, and I, and I like to tell people this because uh, <laughs> it's very interesting to me. Back on it, uh, all the glory goes to God. Uh, God leading me to that point uh, where I was just broken and mourning over my sin, and and it wasn't that I was lead, uh, you know, living a, a, a wanton uh, lifestyle of of, of rant sin, but I was a sinner, and I came to understand that. And so, at 27 years old, uh, on a Sunday morning, after the pastor uh, got done preaching. Uh, the the message uh, was not uh, an evangelistic message. He didn't give an altar call, but I couldn't wait for him to get done because I knew the place that I needed to be was right up front <laughs> at that altar, receiving Jesus Christ, asking him to, to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me of my sin, and to make me new and whole. And so I did that in, in uh, 1983, and... Uh, uh, it's been a it's been a wonderful life uh, since Christ saved me. Uh, my wife uh, Kathy received Christ about uh, two months before I did, and so we were both saved uh, very close together. 
And from that time on, uh, the Lord began to use us in different ministry positions, uh, culminating in uh, 1998, he called me into the ministry. Uh, he began to prepare me for that um, a couple of years before that, Brian. And, uh, of course, uh, a familiar story to, to you and anyone else who is a pastor. Theodore uh, was not looking uh, to be a pastor. Uh, really had uh, uh, no, no real burning desire to be a pastor. Uh, I saw what pastors uh, uh, had to do and the burden that they had, and, and I thought, I'm, I'm very happy just teaching a Bible study, which was what I was doing at the time. But, but the Lord kept knocking on the door of my heart, and through circumstances and situations and different people who, who from time to time, would say, you know, I... I I could see you being a pastor one day, and I would just look at them and and would puzzle at that because uh, I didn't, uh, I wasn't yielding to that calling, and I, and I and I know that you understand what I'm saying. But over a period of time, over a period of a couple of years, uh, the Lord made it very clear to me that I was to uh, take that step to uh, yield to that calling, and, and I did so, Brian, uh, and I know you understand this too. Uh, I did so very humbly, uh, hat in hand kind of a thing. So, Lord, I, I know you're calling me to do this, but I, for the life of me, I don't know why you think I'm capable. Well, he has proven himself mighty and has, has brought glory and honor to himself uh, through the ministry that he's given to Kathy and I over the years. And, and uh, we've been blessed to plant uh, two Calvary Chapel churches over the years. Amen. Um, and uh, I'm serving as pastor of Calvary Chapel Lima. We are coming up here in another, uh, week, 10 days. Uh, let's see. A week from this coming Sunday, uh, we'll celebrate our 12th year together as a, as a body of believers. And, and there's nothing quite like, Brian, there's nothing quite like planting a church uh, and, and uh, nurturing that body of believers and just being amazed and awestruck as, as the Lord builds the body up and uh, adds uh, each member with gifts and talents that is needed. And, and it's just a remarkable thing to experience. Uh, so I've walked with the Lord now for almost uh, 34 years. And, and I've got to tell you, it's, it's just been a fantastic life. Uh, he has blessed me so abundantly. Uh, never in my wildest dreams could have imagined how wonderful life has been with the Lord. Amen. Amen. And, you know, you're right, and I think most pastors would agree with you in the fact that it's the pastoral ministry is not something you seek to do. It, it, it's something that seeks after you. Uh, the Lord seeks after you to do that, and uh, what, what a powerful testimony. Yes. And as a, as a pastor and an apologist, uh, we talk a lot about apologists. In fact, our last uh, podcast was with... Uh, Rob Lundberg, a, uh, uh, the chapter director of Ratio Christi up in uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, at uh, a community college called oh, yeah. Germana uh, Community College. Um, as, as a pastor and an apologist, how has apologetics and theology benefited your ministry? Uh, you know, last week we were talking about the importance and the need for apologetics in the ministry. You are a pastor who is using apologetics and and, uh, and theology in your ministry. How has that benefited your ministry? Yes, it's 
it's been a tremendous uh, blessing, uh, Brian. The, and, and perhaps the biggest blessing for me has been to watch uh, people be able to connect the dots of, uh, of world events uh, with the scriptures. And, and, and what I mean by that is that they begin to understand life. They begin to uh, see what's transpiring uh, right rise. And, and, and this last year and the election cycle has been a very good uh, illustration in point about the, the benefit, the tremendous blessing of uh, being uh, apologetically minded and being able to see the world, see world events through the scriptures. You know, Brian, Christians, uh, generally speaking, they need to understand a, a very important truth, a very important uh, a fact, and, and, and that is this, that, that everyone, every man, woman, and child has a worldview through which they interpret um, events, through which they interpret things that happen in their lives, and they attach meaning to those things. Nobody is immune from having a, a worldview, and one of the saddest things in America has been, has been the retreat in this is this is my studied opinion, Brian, that uh, there's been a retreat of Christians from the public square of, of dialogue and debate. Now, secular culture has become, in, in many instances, hostile to the Christian message, and, and I know that uh, uh, we're going to chat about that a little later on in our conversation, but um, culture today in America uh, has become somewhat hostile to uh, the message of salvation in, in Christ alone, by faith alone. And this has led uh, many believers, as a result, to take a step back, to uh, to really give up on engaging uh, people, engaging the culture, having conversations and things like that. So when we when we teach Christians that every person has a, has a worldview and that when people understand that the underlying beliefs for a person's attitude for their behavior, it, in my view, in my experience, it leads to, to bolder witnessing and, and, and gospel proclamation. And perhaps even more importantly than that, it assists believers in providing robust answers to the most pressing questions that people ask. And we all have those conversations. Um, I work a, a, not a... Not, not, I, but proverbially, a nine to five. I work seven to four, Monday through Friday. So I'm out in the in the workforce, and, uh, and so I'm talking to people and and hearing their 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 comments about culture and events and politics and religion and and, and all these kinds of things. I, I I hear them every day, and I have an opportunity then to engage them um, with worldview apologetics so from a Christian theistic worldview. That's what I'm talking about. And um, one of the books, if I might, uh, might mention it here, um, Brian, that uh, I would encourage your, your listeners to get a copy of, and you probably already have it in your library, uh, but it's uh, James Sire, S-I-R-E, James Sire, wrote a book uh, called The Universe Next Door. And it is one of the best um, worldview apologetics primer that I've ever read, and uh, and I recommend it to people uh, all of the time. Um, um, 
And so let me ask, let, let me answer this question because I'm imagining that some of your listeners are saying, okay, I've, I heard this term worldview, but what exactly uh, is that? And so uh, let me just give you this. This is, this is right out of Sire's book, by the way. This, so this is his quote, uh, but it, it's one that I, that I use all the time. And uh, so, so what is a worldview? A worldview is a set of presuppositions which we hold consciously or subconsciously about the basic makeup of our world. Now, uh, I'll say that again. A worldview is a set of presuppositions which we hold consciously or subconsciously about the basic makeup of our world. Mm. Now, I've got another quote here from B.J. Vanderwald in his book, The Liberating Message and Worldview for Africa. He says this, a worldview is an integrated, interpretive set of confessional perspectives on reality, which underlies, shapes, motivates, and gives direction and meaning to human activity. Now, I say all that for this reason, Brian, for your listeners to grasp what I'm, what I'm getting at here. The point is this. Everyone, every man, woman, and child has a worldview, whether they can explain it or not, whether they can quote or even come close to the two quotes that I gave. Everybody has a worldview, and I'll give you some examples, because a worldview is, is, is simply a way of interpreting life, a way that you explain or answer questions uh, related to life. But these are the questions that everybody has and in some fashion, they ask, and, and they're simply these. They're very core questions. For example, why is there something rather than nothing? So, in other words, where did life come from? Right. Why are we here? What's the purpose of all of this? How do you explain human nature? That's a second question. Mm. The third question is, how do you know that you know? That's, uh, of course, the, the field of epistemology and knowledge, and how do we actually learn? And then a fourth question is, what happens to people when they die? Everybody wants to know, is there an afterlife, or do you just cease to exist? Everybody, whether they're a Christian or not, every belief system, every philosophy has a worldview, and that worldview view for them answers these questions and then and then fifthly how do you determine what's right or wrong so that, that's the question of morality of course and every worldview has to answer that and then what is the meaning of history what's the point of life what are we doing here where are we going what does all of this mean so that's a very long-winded answer brian <laughs> to your question about how has apologetics and um, theology benefited uh, me personally in my ministry. Uh, I like to think that it is the pastor's honor, his distinct privilege to be able to teach people what life really means through the lens of Scripture. And you do that through apologetics and theology. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, and so we're talking about the importance of worldview and and um, and the challenges of ministry. Uh, before our podcast, yeah. I was uh, talking to you. We were talking about the the latest report that came out from the biblical recorder. I was, I was telling you that uh, um, my, our denomination is Southern Baptists, uh, so people either may want to hug us or stone us <laughs> after hearing that. It was hug me or stone me after hearing that, <laughs> depending on their worldview, you know. <laughs> but uh, the biblical recorder, 
just recently released, uh, just picked up their latest edition, and I was surprised to hear uh, that the United States, on page four of the January 28, 2017 Biblical Recorder, uh, they, they note that the United States was named on the latest persecution report. And let me just read just a little bit of this. It says, The United States ranks for the first time among the worst countries in the world at protecting religious freedom, according to a new report by International Christian Concern, or the ICC. The non-denominational Christian Aid and Advocacy Group uh, recently released the 2016 Hall of Shame report on its website, uh, persecution.org, which highlights the United States, along with Russia and Mexico, in a what they call new and noteworthy category of nations where religious liberties are declining. Uh, the document classifies the, tw- the world's 12 worst persecutors under three headings, worst of the worst. And, of course, these are the areas uh, like Syria and North Korea. These are the places where people are, are being uh, killed for their faith. Uh, and then other areas called core countries, a category uh, for uh, regular abusers of religious freedom, such as China, India, and Saudi Arabia, and the new and noteworthy category, which includes the United States, Russia, and Mexico. Now, it goes on to say that while we are nowhere close to being like the other nations reported, uh, this does cause alarm, especially uh, with examples of persecution in, in the U.S., including uh, media backlash against Christians for creating a so-called anti-LGBTQ atmosphere. And then it goes on to say, um, or to give evidence from the case of a Christian football coach suspended for praying at the 50-yard line uh, to Christian business owners forced to pay $135,000 for declining to bake a cake. Uh, with this in mind, uh, pastors face multi- multifaceted challenges. What are some of the challenges facing pastors today? And, and, and maybe you'd like to comment a little on the article as well. Uh, what are some of the major challenges facing pastors and leadership in churches in 2017 moving forward? Yeah, well, that's a great, uh, great question, Brian, and that article uh, certainly is a good illustration uh, of the, the need that uh, we've been talking about here uh, for pastors to teach theology, to teach apologetics, and basically teach the Word of God. Amen. That's, that's what it boils down to. Now, let me address the article first, and uh, and then I'll talk about some of these other challenges. That article um, and the events that we've seen in the last year uh, with the, the election and the behavior of, of some people in relation to, to their candidates, um, I think we can tie them in together, and I think that we can say it comes from the same uh, rotten root. And, and this is what I'm talking about. The church has, has not done its, its job in educating believers in, uh, in worldview, and that includes philosophy. When I say things like um, scientific naturalism, uh, when I when I use the word uh, empiricism, when I mention postmodernism, when I say moral relativism, uh, modernism, when when I go through all of these things, uh, I'm concerned that there is a a majority, a large segment of the 
Church of Jesus Christ that has no idea what any of those terms mean, mm-hmm. and they would probably be naive enough to say, and I don't think it really matters. And yeah. that, Pastor Brian, would illustrate my point. The world behaves the way it does, and it attacks believers in the Lord Jesus Christ because they are conditioned to do so by the, their own belief systems. Mm-hmm. And those belief systems are derived from systems of thought that are antithetical to Christian theism. Uh, the behavior of, uh, of certain people, uh, especially right around the election, towards those who supported uh, uh, Mr. Trump, was appalling. Right. Um, people being being uh, beat up, people being... Um, uh, one one recently, a couple of days ago, I saw where uh, someone had, had lit another woman's hair on fire. Good gracious. Um, people were spat on and, and kicked and ridiculed and just all kinds of things simply because they supported a, a political candidate. Now, if if they'll do that over politics, then, then I submit to you, brother, that it's not going to be long before we see that wholesale uh, against Christians um, who are simply trying to share their faith. Now, we know in America, even though the media won't report it, that Christians are already being persecuted. Some are being martyred. Right now, they don't like to talk about it in the news, and they try to cover it up. This past administration for eight years certainly certainly did that. But those days are coming, and, and, and I tell my fellowship, Brian, that uh, we read about these things in other countries all the time. There, there is, in fact, a Christian genocide going on in other parts of the world. Amen. And there is a connection to those other parts of the world where it's going on, and the connection is Islam. Hmm. Christians are being murdered for no other reason than that they are Christians. Now, right. before it hits our shores, and I think it's coming this way, I think believers need to be educated and equipped. And quite, quite frankly, uh, Pastor Brian, uh, there are too many pastors that aren't doing that. Right. For whatever reason, they're concerned about uh, telling the truth about certain things. So that's why we see some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's a challenge that pastors face. Now let me bring it back to uh, to the pulpit, because this is one of the challenges that, uh, that I issue, um, a challenge to my pastor friends and I have conversations with them, and that's this. You need to be feeding God's people the Word of God. Now, that might surprise some people to say that, but I firmly believe this. If pastors would simply teach people what the Bible says and stop trying to be sensitive to the winds of culture or, or, or the, the fickle feelings of people, if pastors would, would stop keeping one eye on the offering and the other eye on the attendance figures every week, if, if pastors... Would, would once and for all throw off the chains of political correctness and simply be faithful to God and teach his word in all of its beauty, encourage the flock, exhort, correct, rebuke, then pastors would escape so much of the pressure that they face today, Brian. Amen. And that's just the beginning of some of the encouraging things that uh, that we could tell our our brethren, uh, even even our brothers and sisters that are in that are in the pews, but one thing that uh, that I like to tell my friends too is this: don't don't spend your your valuable ministry time uh, trying to be liked, trying right. to be accepted, 
um, by the community in, in which you live. When pastors make being liked a priority, you can bet that the fruit they're producing, uh, in many instances, uh, is false converts, Brian. Amen. The gospel um, breaks down sinners. Right. It, it breaks them down. It makes them understand that, that apart from faith in Christ, in Christ's finished work, to pay the penalty that sins demands, and they're going to bust hell's gates wide open. That's a message that should be fresh on people's minds. Now, I'm not talking about railing, you know, fire and brimstone from the pulpit every Sunday. That's not what I mean. Um, a, a church service, uh, Brian, should be to feed the sheep, mm-hmm. to encourage the flock, to Amen. equip them to do the ministry. That's what a church service should look like. And, uh, and I think, personally, the pastor should be preaching the news. And what I mean by that is whatever's going on in, 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 in the world, the events that are front and center, and there may be some local issues that are going on, but pastors should be relating those events, what is, what is going on in the real lives of the people that are sitting there listening to them, they should be able to relate that back to the Bible, and they should be explaining a biblical perspective on those events. I tell you something, this, this whole idea, uh, Pastor Brian, about fake news, you, I, I know you're well aware of that, uh, the whole meme about fake news and, and what is fake news and this, that, or the other thing. Well, fake news is the mainstream media. Make no mistake about that. Oh, yeah, but absolutely. You know why it is that way? How they've come to to do that? People have basically been, been asleep. Pastors don't call out those folks that every night they're on our TVs and they're spouting these things out, and, and we know they're not true. Well, the church is meant to be a moral compass. The church is meant to equip people and believers to live a morally righteous, holy, and upright life. And you can't do that if you're going to be silent when you know that the things they're receiving uh, is is fake. So, Amen. Finally, let me just share this one too, Brian, and, I, and then I'll pass it back to you. But I think one of the things that, that pastors need to do to escape a lot of the pressure that they face is is to be a disciple to the men in their congregation. Mm. Disciple men to be men. Pastors can take a core group of men, they can teach them how to study the Bible, and then they can work with them through a process of, of teaching them how to teach the Bible. Imagine the blessing to, to a pastor if he had any, you know, a couple, three, five, seven, eight other men in his fellowship who were able and prepared to, to step in there and teach the Bible. You know, one of the mistakes I made very early on in ministry, Brian, is I never took a Sunday off. I thought it was my obligation to to be in the pulpit. So for probably the first 12, 13 years, I didn't take any Sundays off. And then it hit me, I'm really doing a disservice, not just to uh, myself and my family, but also to this congregation. One of the things that they need is they need to hear other voices, voices that I trust. They need to hear other people being used uh, by the Holy Spirit to bring teaching and exhortation to them. So one of the things that I did these last three, four years has been spent discipling men and teaching them the hermeneutical process. How do you rightly divide the word? How do you do your word studies? What resources should you be using? How do you present a, a Bible teaching in its proper context and then how do you draw application to that? And after that, we spent about a year 
steering through that whole process of the hermeneutical process. After that, then, we took another year, and we just took turns uh, reading through a passage of Scripture. Men would comment on it. And then after that process, we had each man take a turn, and they prepared and then preached a 20-minute sermon in front of their, their, their brothers uh, in our discipleship group. And that taught them how to properly study, properly prepare, and properly preach the Word of God. And now I've got uh, a half a dozen men that at any time I can say, Brother, I'm going to take this Sunday off. Can you teach? And he is red-haired. Brian, if pastors would do that in their congregation, they'd be a lot less stressful. (laughs) Great point. (laughs) Great point. (laughs) And, you know... As you were talking about that, you know, it kept, and in fact, this this image has has come to my mind quite a bit in uh, recent times. It's it's in the uh, Old Testament book of Amos, uh, the Old Testament prophet Amos, and and he came to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the northern kingdom of Israel and was proclaiming a message of judgment, speaking the truth, trying to tell people the truth. Uh, about what was going on in their society, about the truth of God and and how they needed to seek after yeah. God. And there was another guy there by the name of Amaziah, and Amaziah didn't want to hear it. And, you know, and like you were saying, a lot of times, and I agree so much, I think we spend more time desiring to be liked that we don't really teach the truth the way we should. So I really like the way you put that. I really do. So the, yeah, sa- the yeah, same, it, it is, and and I'm not saying we should deliberately uh, preach or teach or represent uh, the Lord or the gospel in such a way that uh, you know we come off as rude or offensive. But listen, Brian, uh, you know I'm not informing you of anything, but I want your listeners to grasp this. It was Christ Himself that said, "I'm going to be a stumbling block. I'm right. going to be a rock of offense. People are not in their natural self." They're not going to accept me. We just need to get over the fact that some people, most people, lost people, (laughs) are not going to come to like you when you preach the gospel. But that's the beauty of it. The Holy Spirit will do the work if you'll just be faithful to preach the truth. Amen. We know, I think Jesus himself said that, uh, especially pertaining to his first advent, that uh, he didn't come to bring peace, but was actually a sword because of the truthfulness. Now, ironically, the the sword that he brought yes. would, would also ultimately bring peace to those who would come to Christ. But, uh, you know, you're so right on that, you know, and, and, and obviously it shows the importance we need to place on speaking the truth, and as you noted, with love, obviously not hellfire brimstone messages, but speak the truth in love, and uh, so well stated. Now, the same question goes uh, out for church members, for for laity out there. What are some of the challenges facing them? And let's incorporate this into the the next question as well. What are some challenges facing the, the overall church today, and how can both pastors and laity alike come together to, to meet these challenges in the days and years ahead. Yeah, well, the things that we've discussed, Brian, um, related to, to pastoring in this day and age certainly apply uh, to Christians, uh, to the so-called uh, lady, men and women who, who belong to the church. They're under tremendous uh, pressure from the culture today. And a lot of that pressure comes uh, in the form of... Uh, uh, pressure to be uh, 
accommodating, I, I think is a good word, uh, a pressure to, to just accept uh, uh, so-called uh, diversity and, mm-hmm. uh, and multiculturalism and, and those kinds of things. And I've got to tell you something. Diversity and multiculturalism in and of themselves, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But when they're used as a, as a Trojan horse of, of sorts, to insist that uh, all ideas, all belief systems, all faith systems are are equally truthful, then as Christians we need to stand up and and oppose that. Uh, There's nothing wrong with with celebrating uh, someone's um, uh, ethnic roots. Uh, There's certainly nothing wrong with... with, um, uh, uh, celebrating those things that, that make uh, a, a culture uh, great. But I've got a real issue with Christians who think, and, and there are many of them out there, uh, that think that all systems uh, are equally valid. Now, right. you know, being in a politics yourself, Pastor Brian, that that's just not logically possible, Absolutely. that all belief systems are equally equally valid but a lot of our brothers and sisters they've been lulled into this way of thinking and this is this is the culture influencing them uh, that we are just to be uh, accommodating to all different belief systems and uh, I, I just want to give a rousing absolutely not <laughs> to that idea so that's one of the things that uh, that church members they're they're being they're being pulled and pushed and 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 like never before and listen it's going on with their children, whether they understand it or not. Yeah. Our children in the public school systems, they've been raised in, in that kind of an incubator to think that all belief systems are equally valid, and they simply uh, are not. Well, you know, at the root now, of it— another uh, one of the things— You know, at the, at the root of the worldviews, as, we as you were mentioning earlier, earlier on the podcast, uh, the thing that most people don't realize is that at the core— essence of these different world religions are very opposed you know um very different belief systems i mean with buddhism you have basically agnosticism uh trying to escape the will of reincarnation to become nothingness with hinduism there's the belief that god comes through variety of gods and goddesses and then of course with uh, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, you have the belief in one God. Uh, Christians say that Jesus is the Son of God and the Messiah, whereas Muslims say, says, say that uh, God has no Son, and of course, Orthodox Jews reject Jesus as being the Messiah. So they can't all be true at the heart of it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great point. That's, that's a good example, and it's one that I use often when, when I do have conversations with people that happen to have that, that particular belief. Well, they're, you know, they're all, they all contain truth, and they're all trying to get, uh, you know, to the same place, and, and so on and so forth, and uh, it, it is our duty and responsibility, I think, Pastor Brian, to, to point out the, 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 the logical fallacies in and that kind of thinking right. uh, as, as well. So, um, as far as, did you have something there, Brian? Oh, no, no, that's that's all I was going to say. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, one of the other things I, I think that when you're talking about pastors and, and church members and challenges uh, that 
that we face today. But one of the things that we need to really focus on, I believe, is is being uh, engaged together. This this idea of community. You know, Christ uh, created this body, this body of Christ, the church. We have a particular purpose, a specific function, uh, and, and and the wonderful thing about the body of Christ is that we all all get to participate. Uh, it's not like we've got a, a varsity and a junior varsity, and then those hoping to somehow make the junior varsity. No, <laughs> everybody gets to get in the game in the body of Christ. And, and Paul talked about that a number of times uh, with with the gifting, the gifting of the Holy Spirit, and, right. and it's it, it takes everybody and their gifts working together to make the body function properly. So one of the things that I think. That pastors and, uh, and and church members need to focus on in order to meet these challenges is that we need to encourage one another uh, uh, and really cheer each other on on righteous, holy, gospel-centered living and engagement. The church really should be a training center right. for how to approach the culture in order to share the gospel effectively. And, and we, we come together on Sundays to be equipped by the Word of God, rightly divided. Let me let me say that because uh, sadly, uh, there there are many instances when people come together uh, on Sundays, uh, supposedly in the name of Christ, and uh, the Word of God is not taught. Uh, all sorts of things uh, are taught, but they certainly aren't. Uh, is not the Word of God, and so uh, we need that desperately. Uh, the the church needs to be the body of Christ, a community of believers that are devoted to one another in, in brotherly love, to encourage one another, equip one another, be involved in each other's lives so that we can be uh, more able to go out Monday through Saturday to engage the culture. That is so needed today, Pastor Brian. Amen. Amen. And, you know, you were talking about um, the the the... the if if you want to work this way, the true shepherds of God, those those proclaiming the truths found of God's word, but you know there are many false teachers out there, and and you know you're mentioning the Trojan horse, and unfortunately, uh, yeah. within the American church today, uh, that there are many false teachers uh, that are especially uh, in popular media anymore. What are some methods that yeah. uh, would help, uh, you know, equipping believers? To, uh, what are some methods that would best help the ordinary Christian individual who may be listening to this podcast? Uh, what are some ways that, uh, what are some tips that you could give, that you could offer that would help the uh, Christian decipher between true and false shepherds, true and false teachers, uh, particularly in popular media? Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's another great question. And um, it's one that needs to be answered uh, again and again and again because you're right. There are a, a number uh, of false teachers out there. There are a number of uh, people who are taking advantage of the flock. They're not feeding the flock. They're actually fleecing mm. uh, the flock. They are, as the scriptures uh, identify them as hirelings. Right. They are not shepherds of the sheep. And it, it's a huge problem. So the first thing I would encourage people to do is uh, pray and ask God for wisdom. Mm. Uh, you're never going to go wrong if you start with prayer. Amen. Uh, 
ask God for wisdom. Uh, the Bible says that, that all who ask for wisdom, they're going to receive it. And, uh, and I think people need to start exercising discernment. You know, the Holy Spirit um, lives within you for a reason. And uh, that reason is, well, it's, it's multifaceted, of course. But, but, but one of the, one of the uh, uh, ministries of the Spirit within the believer is to warn, warn of error, warn of, of uh, spiritual danger. And I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that too many Christians today, Brian, uh, I, I, they're just ignoring uh, the warning of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I think that's evidenced by tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that week upon week, they, they attend these so-called um, churches and they hear what basically amounts to a motivational message. Mm-hmm. And then there's some scripture sprinkled in there. But the, the sum total of it is all about uh, how you should prosper, what right. you should get out of this life. Well, I'll tell you something. The Christian life is not about seeking, find, or living in such a way that you receive a a bounty of this life. The Christian life is lived uh, at the the beck and call of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We are ambassadors for Him. And the only message that we should be speaking to people about is that salvation is the free gift of God through faith in Christ alone. And we we need to focus on that first. People need the Lord. They need Amen. to be saved. Amen. That, that needs to be our primary message. So the first point is ask God for wisdom. And if you, if you encounter a so-called pastor or a so-called believer, and uh, and they're all overjoyed about this ministry that is is making promises of of uh, wealth and prosperity, and um, and all you have to do is believe for it, and you'll have it. That is a misplaced gospel. That is, I would be, I would go so far as to say, Pastor Brian, that that is a different gospel. Mm-hmm. It is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many of them are out there preaching that message, uh, but we need to identify that as a false gospel and those people as false shepherds. And I know that that bothers some people in doing that, um, but would you not use this as an illustration? If you knew that your child was thirsty and uh, that the water was polluted, would you allow that child to drink the water and the 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 answer, obviously, is no, you, you wouldn't. Now, Jesus gave the illustration, wouldn't you give your, your kids uh, good bread? Well, yeah, of course you would. Well, we should be doing the same thing as, as shepherds. We should be telling people. Listen, that is a different gospel. That's a false gospel. It's not a, a, a biblical gospel. And while that ministry may look like it is, is successful, uh, you know, multi-million dollar campus, uh, pastors on... Um, speaking tours and has uh on the new york times bestseller lists and and uh and and has convinced you that in this life in space and time you can have your best life now that's a false gospel Mm. because if if this is our best life 
then what has happened? That's that's right. Amen. And you know it dawned it dawned on me you know, that uh, I'm I'm was preparing today for the message that coming up on this Sunday, and we're going through a series about the fundamentals of Christianity. And uh, this this Sunday we're we're going to talk about the fundamentals of Jesus's identity. And and I was looking at several different heresies that are out there, and and it it dawned on me that when we when we preach a different Jesus than what is um, presented in the gospel in the in the Bible and or or a different gospel that's presented in the Bible, we may be offering false hope and actually may be leading people astray in doing so. And so that's a very yes. dangerous thing. And I love the illustration Absolutely. you used about. Uh, the the water you know water you know when uh, you know not allowing your children to drink poisonous water and I think that's very appropriate, uh, Pastor Mike. If you would tell us a little bit about your ministry, your website, your in your radio show. I understand also you have uh, a conference that you'll be speaking uh, in I think Texas, if I'm not mistaken, in the upcoming months. Uh, would you mind sharing a little bit about that conference and uh, where people can uh, find Absolutely. information about your ministry and, uh, sure. and what you do? Yeah, thank you so much, Brian, for, for mentioning that. Um, yeah, I, I will be at the Hear the Watson conference in, uh, in Dallas at the end of March, and people can can search for that uh, on, on the internet, uh, hear the watchman. Uh, tickets are available. It's going to be a great, great conference. Uh, I'm just one of, of uh, probably two dozen uh, different uh, speakers that have been invited to participate, and I'm, I'm just overjoyed. And, uh, and, and i got to tell you, I'm, I'm, asking, I'm asking myself, and of course I've already asked the Lord, and, and uh, what in the world am I doing? <laughs> like that with all these people and God said because I want you to be there so it's like well then I'm going but anyway here are the watchmen check it out uh, end of March uh, to be in Dallas at the uh, I think the Dallas uh, Fort Worth Hilton but don't quote me on that but as you said earlier Brian I am the pastor of uh, Calvary Chapel of Lima we're a, we're a small fellowship in, in Lima Ohio uh, we're in west central Ohio um, equal distances between uh, Detroit and Columbus and Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Uh, so that gives gives your listeners some some geography there. And if any of your listeners are in the Lima area, you're looking for church, uh, I invite you to come join us Sunday at uh, 1030, uh, Wednesdays at 7. Um, Kathy and I have, have been blessed uh, over the years to be able to uh, participate in, in a lot of different things, and she is a, she's an IT professional uh, by, by trade, and, and the Lord knew exactly what uh, what He was doing there. She she originally went to college to be a nurse, and she decided she didn't want to do that, so she she, she went into the uh, to the computer field instead, computer programming, and of course branched out from there. And wouldn't you know that that, uh, that the Lord has used uh, Kathy's skills to to edit uh, all of my messages. Uh, they are available at. Uh, thetransformingword.com, thetransformingword.com. Those are all my, my sermon podcasts that uh, actually go out on the radio. Um, and, uh, and, of course, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just, uh, just uh, search for Calvary Chapel of Lima, Ohio, and uh, 
sermon videos are, are out there. And, and you mentioned Soaring Eagle Radio. That's, that is really a, a, a wow. It's, it's part of my testimony, Brian, because I think I shared this with you before off air, but uh, Soaring Eagle Radio, uh, the motivation for that, uh, that podcast and, and now radio show, because it's out on uh, global Global Star Radio Network, so if people like to listen by satellite and things like that, uh, Soaring Eagle Radio is on Global Star Radio Network, and they can look that up at Saturdays um, uh, 7 to 8. Um, but, but Soaring Eagle Radio really started as, a, as just an idea that there's so much information out there that, uh, that Christians are not getting. They're, they're not hearing it from their pulpits. Right. Uh, you know, the, the church and ministry leaders, they're talking about this stuff. They're talking about things that they've been talking about for the last 30 years. Uh, Christians need to be educated and equipped and exhorted in what's going on today. They need to understand the headlines through a biblical perspective. And so Soaring Eagle Radio, I, I started that podcast just interviewing people that were interesting to me. Uh, and a lot of well-known people, if, if, you're, if your listeners are readers, uh, uh, Turner Wallace uh, has been on the show and uh, uh, author of, of several very good apologetic books, uh, Sean McDowell, uh, Josh's uh, son, uh, Sean, I think he's a professor at Biola in the apologetics uh, program. Frank Turek uh, has been on, Todd Friel has been on, so so definitely uh, apologetics-oriented. Uh, uh, but I also have uh, pastors on. Uh, Pastor Brian, you've been on the show. Excellent. We had a wonderful conversation. Um, I like interviewing authors. Uh, people who've written books to, to equip the body and have them come on and talk about that. But we also do worldview things. We do, uh, we do things. Um, I remember Dr. Jerry Bergman. Uh, he comes to mind now. He, he wrote a book called uh, uh, um, Hitler and the Nazi Darwinian Worldview. And he wow. tied all of that. It's very fascinating. <laughs> but anyway, in Soaring Eagle Radio, it, the, the reason that I do it is to get information into the hands of, of Christians. Um, and, and so that's a little bit about the different ministries and media and things like that that I've got going on, and I appreciate you giving me a chance to uh, to mention those, Brian. Well, you're more than welcome, and I do appreciate the opportunity to be on your on your show, and and uh, I'm a frequent listener to your show. And I'm going to tell you if if you I want to tell our listeners if you haven't listened to the Soaring Eagle Radio, you need to go check it out. Uh, you will be blessed, and and like Dr. Mike said, you're going to hear things on the show that that you probably don't hear in many pulpits today, and so uh, very important information uh, as well. Uh, Pastor Mike, do you have any words of encouragement that you would like to leave with our listeners before we close? Yeah, a couple of uh, passages of Scripture that really um, uh, speak to me. Uh, I just want to share with your listeners, and and uh, those that are listening have their Bibles handy. Uh, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 4. And we'll begin reading at uh, verse 12, but the scripture says this, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Therefore, we have great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For 
Do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That is a comforting passage of Scripture to me every time my thoughts go to it. Uh, it's just a tremendous joy to think about how this magnificent grace and mercy that Christ has given to us. And I can't think of anything else uh, that that is worth celebrating than the great mercy and, and grace of God. And then finally, a word of encouragement to your listeners uh, who may be struggling with all that's going on in our nation and wondering how in the world are we ever going to get past this point. Well, let me speak to those people. And this is from Revelation. Uh, chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. I, the last time I taught through the book of Revelation, uh, Pastor Brian, the Lord really uh, laid it on my heart that this was a significant passage that I needed to continue to share with people over and over and over again. And, and, and I, I, have to, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm surprised at the number of applications that I've been able to make. But this, I'm, I'm going to read this with just a small amount of exegesis uh, in, in, by way of encouragement uh, to your listeners. And so Revelation chapter 3, uh, verses 7 and 8, and this is, of course, in the midst of, uh, of the seven churches of Revelation and uh, and, and this is this is Jesus to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? He who is holy, he who is true, he who is the of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now here's the point. It doesn't matter how troubling things become in our nation or any place else in the world. Know this. God has kept for himself a remnant. Mm -hmm. God always keeps for himself a remnant. Mm -hmm. If you love the Lord Jesus, if you love the Word of God, if you are faithful in walking with him, if it is your heart's desire to magnify him and exalt his name by your words and your deeds and your thoughts every day, you are one of the remnant, brother and sister. Mm -hmm. And I want you to, to camp out on this verse, and you meditate on this for yourself. But it says, Christ says, I, I open a door and no one will shut. I think that has application for this last days. You know, we live in a day of the Laodicean church, but the Church of Philadelphia is also alive and well during the Laodicean time period. This is the remnant body who has not been unfaithful, who continues to preach the Word of God. And notice that Jesus said these things. I've opened this door for you. No one can shut it. And this is why. He says, because number one, you have a little power. Number two, you've kept my word. And number three, you have not denied my name. Now, what that means, brothers and sisters, is this. You have a little power. You recognize that the only power you have is by the Holy Spirit. We don't do ministry. We don't do projects. We don't do any kind of outreach or effort unless it is empowered, unless it is anointed, unless it is filled and directed by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Understand that. It's all about the Holy Spirit. We have a little power. And secondly, we've kept his word. Now, that's in our testimony, in our daily walk. 
we don't shy away from speaking about Jesus to our parents. We tell them when we have the opportunity. You've not denied my name. I think it speaks more about lifestyle than anything else, Pastor Brian. Because, you know, by our practice, we can sometimes deny his name. If we go along with the joke at work and laugh when we know we shouldn't, we participate in, in viewing things or doing something that we know we shouldn't, that's denying the name. Mm. And so we need to live a holy and a righteous life. That's what we need to focus on. We are the remnant, Brian. You and I and the people that we minister to, we are the remnant. And we have power in this day. But that power should be directed towards sharing the gospel and seeing people come to faith in Christ, not building our kingdoms and collecting wealth on this earth. That's a false gospel. Amen. Amen. Dr. Mike Spalding, thank you so much for being with us on today's podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I I tell you what, you just got just a taste of the good stuff that you can find at SoaringEagleRadio.com. We want to encourage you to go there. Uh, Also, go to the TransformingWord.com as well. Be sure to check out Dr. Mike Spalding's websites. You will be blessed. And brother, you have certainly blessed me today. And so we want to thank you for again for being with us today. For Dr. Mike Spaulding, this is Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie podcast brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Just a reminder, may God richly bless you and remember the truth shall set you free. The Bellator Christie podcast is a production of BellatorChristie.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights are reserved. The views expressed by guests on the podcast are of those expressing them and may not represent those of the host Bellator Christie Ministries or its affiliates. The theme played on the podcast is the song Epic and is produced royalty-free by Bensound Studios, found at bensound.com. Visit bellatorchristie.com and subscribe by entering your email to receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox absolutely free. This podcast can also be found on several podcatchers including iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We thank you for joining us today. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless and we'll see you next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.